on it this morning. On it. If you were here last week, you know the saying is, victory has a sound. Come on. And you guys were singing some victory this morning in all Jesus. Come on. Man, it is great to be here with all of you this morning. Man, I love the fact that it's Sunday. We can come together and sing praises about a, a mighty God that we serve and celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Right? Right? We're all about that around here. I believe Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes what? Everything. Jesus changes what? Everything. Jesus changes everything. And when we allow Jesus to enter into our world, into our lives, everything is up for change. Amen. Right? He steps in. Jesus radically takes who we are and molds us and makes us of who we're supposed to be. And that's more like him. Yeah. And so that's what we're called to do. That's what we want God to do. Jesus step into our world and make us more like Jesus Christ. Hey, good morning to all of you who are joining us online. I hope you experienced in that amazing worship this morning that you were singing victory through Jesus today as well. And if you're new with us, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church, man. We love the fact you're Yeah, come on, get up for our guests. Come on. We love the fact that you were here today, that you decided to get up and come hang with us as we celebrate a life with Jesus, what it looks like to walk with him, run with him, and live for him as a church. And we hope you feel welcome and wanted that you'll come back and hang with us again another Sunday as we chase this thing, this life with Jesus Christ. We are super excited that you're here. You know, uh, if this morning we are stepping into a season, come on, Christmas season, that's all Jesus, right? It's all Jesus. Well, if I'm being honest, every season, every day is truly all about Jesus. But it's Christmas season. We step into this, this month and start celebrating. Man, it's like Jesus magnified. It's like, boom, big Jesus. It's all, it's all Jesus. Um, who here is all sorts of excited with me about Christmas? Come on. Come on. It's, okay. This is pretty radical. We love Christmas around here. I love everything about Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, we was mentioned really quickly about Christmas in our hometown that we had this past Friday. We had a pivot. Um, we were like, oh, God, can't you do something about the weather? God's like, oh, I got a different plan in mind. I'm going to bring everybody who was going to be outside inside the church, right? And so he did that. And it was a pretty amazing night. People were coming into his church, and they were like, oh, it didn't burn down. You know, I, I remember myself, the first time I walked into church, I'm like, I'm going to step in that thing, and it's going to combust. And then, like, so I'm sure other people feel the same way. But people were coming in. They had an amazing time, right? Amazing time. So thank you to Stephanie. Thank you for all the team volunteers and leaders that made that possible. Thank you for everyone who stepped in to make cookies. You're still eating them this morning, right? It was an amazing opportunity to reach into our community. And let me just share, we had two of the town council members on our stage. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty big. And they're buying into what we're selling about we want to make a difference in our community, put our fingers in the soil and change it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, so thank you so much for allowing that to happen, being a part of that. It was an amazing part of it. It takes a church, a church, to reach our community. It's not just one person. It's all of us together. And then that turns this idea that we had talking about Christmas. We have our Christmas Eve services coming up, right? Christmas Eve services. We have three services here at, at 2, 3.30, and 5. And we, this is, I want you to emphasize this. When you leave today, you're actually going to get a pack of invite cards to start handing out to invite people to come and be a part of what God is doing in this church and hear the message of hope of Jesus Christ. Um, this is huge. 
We're doing, a, we're doing a bunch of services on Christmas Eve for one reason only, because we want to reach people with a message of hope, yeah. right? And studies show throughout the years that people are more likely to come on Christmas Eve than any other day of the year. Okay, okay, I think I need to be in church on Christmas Eve, so I'm, I'm going to find a church and go. So you, it's very easy to hand them an invite and ask, hey, come join me. We'll save you a seat. They're like, oh, I'll show up. Sure, great. And they'll come in. So take those invite cards, pray over them, and hand them out to those who are around you. And if you find out, we have more. Yeah. Right? We have three services to fill up. And the other thing is that the Sunday morning, uh, December 25th, Christmas morning, we are not here in service. We're, the building we shut down. Hopefully you'll be home with your families enjoying Christmas morning. And we'll put a service online that morning if you feel like jumping in to our Facebook page. You can catch us there. But this stuff is coming. We're going to be celebrating. Please be praying now and through that night about all those who are going to hear about Jesus and who you're handing those cards out, all right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this morning. We're stepping again this season called Christmas. And hands down, this is my favorite time of the year. Uh, for me, there's something about Christmas that peels back the chaos in my life and allows me to step back and really reflect about the true joy in my life. And that is my personal relationship with Jesus. Um, I just want to ask, is it too soon for me to say Merry Christmas? No. Merry Christmas, church. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Well, that's the reason we're stepping into the series called Who Needs Christmas? Um, this question that we're going to be answering for the next three weeks, you can look at it from two different ways. You can say, okay, who needs Christmas as this idea, like, okay, who needs it? Who is it for? Who needs it in their life? Or you can be on the flip side, they say, who needs Christmas? <laughs> right, you're going to buy a humbug. All right, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to dig in. We're going to be answering the former while poking holes at the latter, if you know what I'm saying. Like we're going to say, who needs Christmas? And you buy humbuggers. Well, you do, right? <laughs> so we're going to be talking all about that because the reality is Christmas is so much more than we think and so much more than we who believe. See, there's just so much richness of God's faithfulness throughout history about Christmas that's being poured out today. It's still being poured out right up to this morning. But for some reason, this season brings more chaos than peace for many of us in this room. And that's why I love that we're kicking off this series today. Because right about now, the Christmas chaos in our life has shifted in overgear. And if we're being honest, it was the day after Thanksgiving, we are like, oh, Christmas! <laughs> and the more chaos we experience when it comes to this time of year and this season, the more comes the reality that we want to step out of Christmas. And we can't wait for it to be over. You know, I've heard that this morning. I've heard that over the years of people saying, oh, man, I am so thankful that Christmas has been over. I've even heard it from church staff members. That's crazy. And that's why we're stepping into the season to dig in and find out the importance of what Christmas means. I mean, we're extremely busy people, folks. Our, our calendars, you know, our calendars are full. Our schedules are always overflowing. But for somehow, I don't know how we do it, some way during Christmas season, we seem to cram in more events, more family trips, more dinners, we all put on that seasonal pounds, right? We put in more food, more projects than ever before. But Christmas is that most wonderful time of the year. So this Christmas, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite you to join me to set all that aside. To set all that aside, slow down, 
and embrace all God has for you this Christmas season. Now, it doesn't mean that we, just, we shut everything down, that we don't go everywhere. It doesn't mean that right now you pull out your calendars and your phones and, and cancel everything, okay? It doesn't mean any of that. What it means is we step into this season, we put God in the forefront of everything that we do. To keep him the focus, the reason for the season is something people usually say. Let him be at the forefront of everything you do. Let his glorious presence keep our perspective of what Christmas truly means to him, to the world, and to us. And that's what we're going to be walking through for this next three weeks. And this morning's conversation may sound a little bit awkward, but we're going to answer who needs Christmas this morning. God did. God needed Christmas. Who needs Christmas? God needed Christmas. Now, before you throw something at me, you know, like, Rich, you've gone and lost your mind. God is God. He doesn't need anything. You know, I'm just going to, you know, walk out the door. Don't do that. Let me just tell you again, God needed Christmas. Let me explain. Parents, you'll get this. You'll get what I'm saying. If you're not a parent yet, you've had parents, you may have heard this. Parents, you most likely have had this conversation with your kids. And if you haven't had it, you've definitely had it with yourself speaking about your children. And it's this phrase right here. I sure wish my kids would understand how much I love them. I sure wish my kids would understand how much I love them. I sure wish my kids understand that I don't lay in bed every night thinking of ways to make their lives miserable. Kids in the room, pay attention to that, right? We can make their lives miserable. I love my kids, and I wish my kids would understand the depth of my love. And as a parent, there is nothing that I wouldn't do for them, nothing I would do to keep them safe, to protect them, to lead them in this world, and ultimately to feel loved. Every parent. Every parent has had this conversation at least eternally. I wish my kids would understand how much I love them. Well, here's the cool thing about this. God feels the same way about you. God feels the same way about you. One of the truths of Scripture is God is our heavenly Father. He's a parent. And if you're here this morning and in your life, You've had a poor or separated or hurtful relationship with the earthly father. It is my prayer that this morning's conversation will bring great comfort to you. That beyond our earthly father, there is one who is greater. There is one who is more powerful. There is one who is full of love, and that love is for you. A love of a heavenly father. A love who uniquely knows and loves you. See, God, as a parent who loved his creation, moved heaven and earth to express his love, to make his love known. For every person in this room, every person who is watching online, and guess what? Guess what? Guess what? He needed Christmas to do it. Told you he needed it. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, we're starting at verse 4 this morning. 
If you grab an orange Bible on the way in, you will find it on page 796. Galatians 4, starting at verse 4 or page 796. By the way, if you grabbed an orange Bible and you do not have one of your own, please take that. That is our gift to you. We desire everyone who calls vertical, anyone who can get our hands, a Bible in their hands to have one. And that's a gift for us to you. Galatians 4, starting at verse 4. Galatians was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a guy who was a sold-out follower of Jesus. That wasn't always true. There's one point he, he hated everything Jesus. He hated, hated everyone who loved Jesus. See, Paul was well-trained in the scriptures. And at that time when Paul was well-trained in what's called the Old Testament, the New Testament had been penned yet. In fact, we could say that Paul was a scholar of the Old Testament. He was a one smart intellectual dude. But it wasn't until he met the risen Christ, and when he ran him face to face, did he realize that the whole Old Testament, everything that he had been learning, everything he had been studying was pointing to the coming Savior, which was Jesus. And once his eyes were opened to that truth of who Jesus is, his whole perspective changed. His whole life changed. His love changed. And that is my prayer for you as we walk through this series, that you will see who Jesus is, then your perspectives would change, your life would be changed, and your love would be changed by God himself. So let's get into this. Galatians 4, starting in verse 4, it says, But when, time, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we may receive adoption to sonship. Let's just stop right there. When times, when the set time had fully come, man, this is a beautiful phrase that we may run right past. See, when God had everything the way he just, way he wanted it, when enough time had passed in human history and enough time was left before the end of all things, God stepped in, set in motion that something can never be matched again in history. And in doing so, that expression, I sure wish my kids would understand how much I love them, started to come to fruition. See, friends, Christmas story didn't begin with a young couple trying to figure out where to have a baby. It began with an old couple wondering if they could ever have a baby. It doesn't begin about a young couple trying to figure out how in the world does this young girl get pregnant. It begins with an old couple wondering if they'd ever would get pregnant. See, 2,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, by the way, is the reason we celebrate Christmas. Amen? God made a promise to a guy named Abraham that every nation, tribe, and person would be blessed through him. Man, we dug into that in our last series, The Best Yet to Come, that God is still powerful, and he's still powerful by keeping his promises. And one of the promises he made, the God, Abraham, uh, the God he made to God, uh, Abraham and Sarah, was that they would have a son. And when he fulfilled his promise with the birth of Isaac, it set in motion something far greater than he could ever realize, that the one was coming in the world that would change everything. And his name was Jesus. So as we stop, step into this and understand why God needed Christmas, the first idea is this. God needed Christmas to fulfill his promise. God needed Christmas to fulfill his promise. 
the blessed promise didn't stop with Isaac or Jacob or Israel. It continued down through the generations to the birth of Jesus. And from Jesus, it went to the entire world. And if you were to dig in, dig in a little deeper. You're one of those like, man, I'm rich. I, want the, I want the meat and the potatoes. I want to get into it and understand this. We can see far before Abraham, God put this day of celebration in motion. See, when sin entered the world, back in Genesis chapter 3, God made a claim to Satan and to humanity that one was coming to take care of the mess. In fact, you can see it on the screen, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and he said, I would put an enemy between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. And that phrase right there, that he will crush your head, means as Jesus' victory over Satan and death. And he will strike his heels. I mean, this is what Satan will try to do to you. He's going to bite you at the heel, but no, no, no. He's going to turn around and step on your head and take you out. When he's talking about Jesus. And that happened at Christmas. This is known in the scholarly world as a, what they call, proto-evangelion. Let me get that out. Proto-evangelion. Evangelion is a Greek word that means the gospel. Evangelion is where, where we get the word evangelize from. It means the good news. And proto means a first. So scholars look at this again. This is the very first mention of the good news of Jesus coming. And it was right after sin entered the world. Come on. God needed Christmas to fulfill his promise. See, God was setting the stage. At Christmas, God was setting the stage, setting the stage for his unfathomable love to be revealed. And we need to see this. He was not only fulfilling his promise, but how he was fulfilling his promise should blow our minds. Look at this, but it says, but when the time, set time had fully come, God sent his son. Born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we receive adoption to sonship. Christmas is all about God making moves. God making moves on our behalf. God so loving you and me that he was willing to send his son. And as Philippians 2 puts it, Jesus, look at this on the screen. Jesus, being the very nature God, did not consider quality with God something to be used on his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This is God drawing close to us, God becoming man, God coming in, providing a way back to him. It all starts with Christmas. It was when it was just the right time. God made a move. And this move made something different, made something deeply personal for you and me. Because it was more than his coming, is what he did when he was here. Look at verse 8 on the screen of Philippians 2. It says, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. God became man died for those who he created, and conquered death three days later. And church, in a world full of false religions and bogus hope, 
nothing compares to what God did for us through Jesus Christ. And guess what? Guess what? He needed a Christmas to make it happen. In a world that has turned its inward, in a world that's turned their back on God, Christmas is an every year reminder that he has turned toward us. So no matter what the darkness of humanity sits, Christmas is the light of God reminding us that even though God may be silent, he is still present. And his love for us has never changed. Man, I don't know about you. But to think that the creator of the universe loves me to no end, that he came and made his love known to me, absolutely overwhelms me. That in spite of my failures, my inconsistencies, my selfishness, he not only pre-planned it, but he fulfilled his promise, making a way back to him. That is cray-cray. I look in a mirror and I see who I am and thinking, I am not worth it. But he looked at me and said, Rich, I love you so much. I've sent my son. And as you look in the mirror, maybe you think the same thing when he's telling you the same words. He loves you too. And maybe, and maybe the Christmas season is a great time for us instead of getting caught up in the crazy of the culture, what it's creating in our lives, maybe it's a good time for a checkup to see if we are moving towards him. If Christmas is all about God coming towards us, coming close to us, are we, are we drawing closer to him? Are you drawing in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, are you leaning in? Are you living open-handed like God leads you through your life? Are you opening up the word? And reading your Bible. Read your Bible, church. And let God filter into your life. Throughout the season of chaos that our world has made Christmas to be, it was just the right time. It was just the right time. And God sent his son but it goes much deeper than that Christmas is so much something so much deeper than deeply personal so God came in person look at this God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we receive adoption to sonship right God needed Christmas to fulfill his promise and the second part of this, God needed Christmas to provide a way back to him. He needed Christmas to happen to provide a way back to him, to redeem us. To redeem us. And, that, and that this is where the whole story about Jesus coming and celebrating Christmas explodes absolutely amazing. God, our Heavenly Father, sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to redeem us from being completely separated from him for all eternity. To redeem means to deliver us. To redeem means to pay the price, to buy us out, purchasing us. God sent Jesus. Jesus was sent to purchase us, to pay the price for our sin. 
because of our sin, we are separated from God. Christmas is God saying, I've got this. I've got this for you. My son is going to pick up your sin tab for your life. Sin is a word, again, we've talked about a few weeks ago, we don't like talking about. But sin is being anything that we do or choose to do outside of God and his word. When God says we says don't and we do, that's sin. When God says do and we don't, that is sin. And our sin has separated us from God. And our God, our Father, our Heavenly Father, moving towards us, loves us, created a way for us to come back to him. So we would not be separated from him for now or for all eternity. God needed Christmas to provide a way back to him. And guess what? Guess what? God needed Christmas to start moving that into a reality. Christmas is something deeply personal. So God came in person. But the reason of his coming is extremely relational. It said adoption. Adoption to sonship. And if we look about who's writing this, Paul, the author, is writing it. If he's writing from the first century Rome perspective, which he was living in when he was writing this, adoption was a known thing. Adoption brought into this idea at that time of being chosen, being brought into the family, receiving full inheritance. Paul could have been speaking from his Jewish roots, right, because he understands the Jewish, Jewish culture, looking back as God the Father, bringing his children in and holding them close. As God said through to King David, when he's talking about David's son Solomon, he says, he said, I will be his father and he will be my son. Adoption to sonship is more than personal, it's relational. It's God saying welcome to the family. God wanted to move not just the nations. He didn't want to move just the tribes. It was his desire to move individual people into a personal relationship with him. So at Christmas, God took the first step to remove all the obstacles of an unrestricted relationship with him. Look at verse 6 where it says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. That's the Holy Spirit. Come on. He, we receive the Holy Spirit when we give our life to Jesus. That it blows my mind. The spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. My Father. My personal Father. So you're no longer a slave. You are God's child. And since you are God's child, he has made, also made you an heir. It's welcome to the family. He brought into the family. We can't do life alone. Dania talked about that, Right? That they were gone for a couple of weeks, and she said, I missed my family. And that's what it means when, you, when it comes to Christmas and you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are brought into the family. You are adopted, brought in, and God is our Father. 
Think about this. How will we ever know where we, where we stood with God if God didn't come stand with us? How would we know where you stood with God if God didn't come stand with you? Another letter wouldn't get it done. He already wrote the whole Old Testament. Another message wouldn't get done. He already sent all the prophets to proclaim the truth. At just the right time, God staged a demonstration. And that demonstration would be documented and, and for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years so people wouldn't, be, wouldn't forget it. And guess what? Oh, my word. Guess what, church? That demonstration began at Christmas. God needed Christmas. See, Christmas is not about the, the fanciness that we've made it. Christmas is not about the chaos that culture has created. It's not about cool stage designs. It's not about the, the lights. It's not about the presents under the tree. It's not even about the tree itself. Christmas is all about God moving to us, toward us, for a purpose. The purpose of a heavenly father showing, demonstrating, expressing his love for you, for me, and for all humanity. He's fulfilling his promise. He was making a way back to him. See, this amazing baby boy would grow up and live the perfect life. And he would die a brutal death on the cross, paying the price for sin. And three days later, he would rise. Yes, I just jumped to Easter. <laughs> and those who have their faith in him, who Jesus is, what he has done for us, surrendering our lives to him, making him the Lord over our lives, receive the free gift of eternal life. God needed Christmas. So guess what, church? <laughs> he needed Christmas to make it happen. See, the greatest gift you can receive and embrace this Christmas is not anything found under a tree. The greatest gift you can receive at Christmas is the love of God through his son, Jesus Christ. So God needed Christmas. He needed to step into our world and make a way back to him. He was fulfilling a promise. I could imagine where we'd be if Christmas never took place. Could you? No. So as we walk through this series, peel back the chaos. Slow things down. Understand what God was doing for you when he put this in place 2,000 years ago. Understand way before that, maybe 1,000 years ago, what he was doing when sin entered the world 5,000 years ago. <laughs> it should blow our mind. Don't make Christmas about anything what, what the world's telling you should be. Make it about everything the scripture tells us what it is. Amen? Amen. All right.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for blessing us so much through your son, Jesus Christ. It sounds almost foolish to say, God, that you needed Christmas. But it's so true. You needed a way to truly express your love. You need a way to fulfill your promise. You need a way to provide a way back to you. That starts at Christmas. So God, as we step into this season, we have Christmas music playing in our cars, around our houses, we're decorating trees, we're spending time together as a family. Let us realize how much we are blessed. Not just with the things of this world, but blessed because of you. Christmas is all about you. Help us keep us that focus. And I also know that this time of year can be tough. We can be missing loved ones, Lord. And that's why you call us to be a family. So we can lean on and care for and nurture and pray for one another, carry the burdens for one another. So right now I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. And maybe that's something you're walking through this morning. The Christmas season is is not so glorious because you lost. You lost someone who's dear to you or you're struggling. Let us pray for you. Let us lift you up. God, thank you for this church family. Thank you for their desire to follow you, to draw close to you, to be a light for you. Thank you for the salvation of Braylon and calling that young boy to yourself. What a real-life example of what we just walked through this morning through your word. That you adopted him that he is your child. That he has the Holy Spirit residing in him. And he has received the free gift of eternal life. That is something we'll never, ever stop celebrating of you changing lives. We love you. We worship you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.